The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Well, hello out there. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. This is your host, Vincent Jenna. Uh, Today is definitely um, a day of tension in the air, at least in the United States, because it is the time that the congressional hearing is occurring right now as we speak of Michael Cohen. And so I even wonder, in my, com- am I competing with that today? How many of you are listening to the congressional hearings and how many of you are tuning in right now? But we'll be finding that out in just a little bit. But if you feel that tension in the air, just understand that we are energies And as energies, energy cannot be destroyed, it can only be manipulated, it can only be redirected, and anything that's negative or positive does hover. It hovers around ourselves, our individual selves and bodies. It also hovers around the world. And over the past several years, we've been experiencing that feeling, and I, and I call it, it's like an acid rain that's coming down on everybody. It's an acid energy that wounds up affecting us because of all this stuff that is going on in the world today. And, and my topic today is about forgiveness and how appropriate... As we're hearing all of the things that Michael Cohen is saying that he's done and, and all the crimes that he did commit, and um, forgiveness definitely is, is, is part of, of any of our um, restitution and retribution attitudes, right? And so we talk a lot about it. Many, many uh, luminaries write about forgiveness And I think it's an important topic to discuss and the role that it plays in our lives. And the interesting thing and concept that you have to understand, and that we'll get into several of them today, is that God did not create, Spirit did not create the concept of forgiveness because there was no such a thing upon him creating us, it creating us, he, she creating us. Forgiveness is a humankind made concept and it's because of the different improprieties that we commit upon each other 
the mistakes we make with each other, uh, the hurt we wind up instilling. Um, and so the word forgiveness then is a concept of if you are capable of letting go and holding no judgment or harm against me because of my act towards you, then I can release the burden and guilt of having hurt you. And then on the other side, if we individually are capable of forgiving others of their indiscretions, then that releases the stress of anger, resentment, hatred, whatever the level of impropriety, a level, a degree of hurt that you experienced, if we release that, that is said to allow us to then continue forward with our journey and growth. Forgiveness restrains us, in other words. It puts a heavy burden on our hearts when we hold on to angers and when we hold on to hatreds. I mean, I remember one of the most famous movies in the 1970s, I'm not sure of the exact date that it was released, was Love Story. And Ally McGraw, towards the end of her life, she is dying of cancer. And um, she turns around and she says that love means never having to say you're sorry. Um, my gosh, what's his name? I forgot his name. I'll, I'll remember her partner. Very, <laughs> They became very famous from this movie. He says, I'm sorry. And she says, love means never having to say you're sorry. Well, that statement was repeated by everyone, mostly husbands, <laughs> to their wives. Um when, when, when they did something wrong and the wife was pointing it out and um, he would say, but I, I, I thought you believed that love means never having to say sorry. I don't have to say I'm sorry to you. And so the joke about that went on for years and it still comes up today. Um, my goodness, I'm going to, somebody out there can Google um, who is his famous and I and of course senior moment can't remember all my movie stars he's gone today um, but here's the thing about forgiveness that is that is so interesting and what she was talking about then is if love means never having to say you're sorry that that the the writer of that book and movie was way ahead of his time and also understood spiritual concepts because maybe he didn't know he was saying it this way. But what she was saying is you don't have to say you're sorry because if we really love each other, then not only do we know, we can let go. And so you don't have to apologize to me because I don't have to forgive you. So that's what she meant by love means never having to say you're sorry because the rest of the sentence is because there's nothing for me to have to forgive. 
So that's what unconditional love implies, first of all, which is the reason why the concept of forgiveness does not exist in God's world, in spirit's world, source's world, because it's nothing but unconditional love. So you can't commit anything against me, in other words, for me to have to forgive. All right. Well, we're in this human world now. And we know that there is a lot of things that go on. There's a lot of things that go on between parents and children, spouses, partners, and friends, co-workers, it doesn't make a difference. When there's people, there are definitely things and mistakes made and lower choices made that inevitably, directly, indirectly, consciously or unconsciously can hurt another human being. And so... As time went on, more of those things occurred. I mean, we can certainly, you know, pull up for the past couple of years here, um, more than two hands worth of improprieties and hurts and between the killings and the lashing out and the lying and all of this nonsense, right, that we're hurting each other. There seems to be plenty to have to forgive and let go. Okay. So, because of that, forgiveness is one of those profound words you hear in a spiritual journey and you see in all these affirmation postings, be it on Facebook, be it in a deck of cards, something about forgiving and letting go releases the burdens in your heart. Right? So there seems to be so much focus on forgiveness. And with the clients that I have worked with, forgiveness not only is a difficult thing to do for the majority of people, it actually has not the same effect and major effect that the affirmation cards says it does. Forgiveness of others does not release and let go of the scars and the hurts and a lot of times the angers and the resentments. People have spent entire lifetimes trying to forgive those that have caused harm to them. The interesting thing in my personal life is I was continuously bullied and tormented from fourth grade all the way until my senior year in high school. The kids would chase me, beat me when they caught me up, uh, when they caught me, um, shove my head in the toilet, uh, shove me in lockers, throw me in dumpsters, then humiliate me uh, throughout the day in school, strip me and throw me into assemblies. All types of things like that happened in school almost daily. And then when I got home, because mom had mental pathologies from her past, 
I was emotionally and physically abused there. She would have my father beat me or she would beat me with something she held in her hand, a spoon, a pan, whatever it was at the time. She would have me drop my pants, underwear and all in front of strangers if I did something wrong and beat me then. And this is when I was a child that really didn't know the difference between right and wrong. So I had all these different things occur against me. Then when I became a little bit older, at 13 years old, actually from 9 until 13 years old, I was sexually molested by an adult member of my family. I was also sexually molested by the parish priest. So some of you are listening may or may not have heard this story of mine. But the interesting thing about all of that, I never had to spend any time thinking about forgiving all those people, which is why my own personal experience led me to the beliefs I have today about forgiveness. And... What I believe about forgiveness may sound shocking to many of you, okay? But I will give some evidence besides my own evidence. Forgiveness has nothing to do with others. In matter of fact, you can't forgive, forgive others of their improprieties, of their hurts and harms to you. It's a fallacy concept, right? It's a fallacy concept to think I can let go of this. You can't let go of anything. I have told people and my followers and listeners hundreds of times, if not thousands of times, is it's easier to cut your arm off or your leg off than it is to cut your past out of your life. You are an accumulation of all your experiences. If forgiveness means letting go, there is no way that you can let go of another person's act and harm of you. I just repeated most of the things without great detail that others have, have caused onto me. I mean, I can, I can, I remember some of the specifics. It's unbelievable. I can give you unbelievable details. I'm 63 years old. I can't remember what my wife wanted me to do during the day, but I can remember everything that happened in my life in that way from when I was a child. It's because especially the negative things, the negative things cause a scar. All injuries of any kind, physical and emotional, leave behind scars. They cause scars, they leave behind scars. Of course, that physically, we can see that literally a scar is created. You've been cut. Years later, you still see a scar on your skin of, of the, where the injury was. Well, emotionally, there's no literal scar, but it is a similar figurative scar. It ingrains inside your memory that 
which had occurred that caused pain. Now, you can forget those things. You can choose to repress them and suppress them, which are two defense mechanisms that your adult-made mind create in order to shield you from some of the memories of those pains, right? But you cannot ever get rid of them. So the idea that forgiveness will let go of all of that is not true. It won't. Okay, well, then we talk about, well, forgiveness lets you release the anger towards it. Well, anything will let you release the anger towards it. It's not just about forgiveness. It's how about don't keep replaying the injury in your mind over and over and over again. Don't use the other defense mechanisms that you have in your mind to create different beliefs. You know, don't project your angers don't develop anger don't don't allow yourself i just finished telling you of some of the things that occurred in my life and yet the hair on the back of my neck doesn't stand up tears don't well in my eyes primarily because i've dealt with the majority of the issues however as i tell everybody the scar that's left behind is my own self-belief okay so so i just gave a hint as to what, what forgiveness is really about. And I'm going to go into that more. But the idea that you can let go of that and that it's no longer going to hurt you or harm you is almost an impossibility. So therefore, the idea of forgiveness is not helpful to think of in terms of the way we talk about it today, forgiving others. It's not helpful because then when you don't, you become even more angered and disappointed in yourself that you can't let go of the past and that stuff. And then you hear others turning around and telling you, oh, you keep reliving your story. Stop telling your story. Stop repeating your story. Well, you're only playing what's already ingrained in your mind. I don't care if you don't speak it. It doesn't mean that it's going to be wiped away. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be part of your every existence. It influences you every single day. Every single harm that has occurred to you winds up influencing you every single day and if you don't believe that look at relationships you've gotten say you were in a relationship and it broke apart and you became divorced the next relationship you get into you already have your you're walking on eggshells to make sure that person isn't going to repeat some of the same things the last person did or that the relationship's not going to end up the same way so you're constantly affected by the past you turn around and you look for a new job because you don't want to be abused by the employer that abused you in the past job. And so you're influenced by that. You're influenced by every harm, every hurt, just the same as you're influenced by the positives. You certainly are influenced by the negatives. So the idea then of forgiving somebody, needing to forgive somebody, forgiving your boss, forgiving your lover, forgiving your husband for having an affair, your wife for having an affair, Forgiving the doctor for making a mistake and, and killing your partner doesn't make a difference what it is. There's a bunch, an unbelievable number of things that we can list in the world that occur to us that require us to forgive. It's not about forgiving. I'm, I try to instill in everybody that your life on the planet... Your experiences on the planet have nothing to do with anyone else. Nothing, nothing, 
nothing. It would seem that it does. It seems that when you look at, at the politics today, that we are being completely affected by them. Okay, so in a physical way, yes, you have to pay taxes because the government is imposing them, but in actuality, you don't have to do that. I know a gentleman who is a famous speaker who bought his own island so that he doesn't have to live and be part of the United States and therefore does not pay taxes to anybody except to himself. So there's evil ways of getting out of that, okay? So forgiveness has nothing to do with another person. Here, here's another piece of evidence with the concept of forgiveness, right? The criminal system. This... It may sound like it's a little off the path, but in actuality, it's, it's, it's very similar, okay? The concept of retribution, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, that is what our current judicial system is based on, even though it was supposed to be based on restitution, which means if you know you've done something wrong, then you can be rehabilitated into not making the same mistake again. Rather than being punished for it, you'll be supported and rehabilitated for it, okay? That's what it's supposed to be based on. But retribution. And time and time again, and all the research that is, has been done in the past is currently being done, all comes to the same understanding and conclusion. Punishing a, per a perpetrator for anything he or she has done does not relieve any of the victims or the victims' loved ones and people who cared about them, and also society. There is no restitution in their hearts because the criminal has either asked for forgiveness or has been punished or has even been put to death. When approached and questioned, did that give you any sense of relief because he murdered your daughter and now he was put to death? Is there any relief in that? And not 50%, 80%, 90%, 100% of the people constantly respond, no, it didn't relieve anything. And the reason why it doesn't relieve anything, it's because it's not others you have to forgive. You're trying to resolve a problem with the wrong process. With the wrong process. When we come back on the other side of the hour, I'm going to talk about the proper process and what forgiveness truly is about, why we created that concept truly, how our soul played a role in its creating it, and how to apply it properly to finally have the idea of forgiveness actually work. We're going to discuss that on the other side of the hour. If you have any problems with forgiving others, any whatsoever, I ask that you call in and let's discuss it and share it with others. You can call in and keep yourself anonymous. 
today I hear nothing about uh, more than, let me, let me restate that so I say it clearly. I am constantly hearing about problems between family members and how hurtful family members have been with each other. And, and the amount of forgiveness that is required to let go of all the things different family members have done to each other. I'm constantly hearing that from my clients and calls and asking me, you know, how do I resolve? I'm estranged with my, my um, sister, my brother, my mother, my father, my father keeps abusing me, my father keeps hurting me, my mother is doing this, my sister, my son, my daughter won't talk with me. All of these things, my friend, my best friend just, just dropped me like a hot potato. How do I forgive them? So much of that is occurring today. And I give them the same answer that I'm going to give you on the other side of the hour. Um, but in the meantime, again, if you have troubles right now with forgiveness in your life, please call in and let's discuss it. Let's share it with everybody else and let me give you the answer on how to resolve that issue. But before we break, I did want to just make some quick announcements. Um, I will be speaking. It's, it's, it's a joy for me to be able to speak at Unity Centers throughout the United States. And I am going to be at Temple Hayes's uh, first Unity Campus, April 7th, 8th, and 9th. I'm going to be doing two workshops. One is going to be on awakening your inner psychic and medium abilities. And another workshop is going to be then not only how to awaken and use those abilities, but use them to communicate with pets and animals and how that can help heal owners and others. So, uh, if you're in the, the St. Petersburg area or if you're around the surrounding um, states that you want to come and join us, please do that. That's April 7th, 8th, and 9th. Again, if you go to my website at vincentjenna.com, you can see all of the events that I'm involved with. There are several, some coming up in September, which will be amazing. Um, it's, it's Soul Summit Scottsdale with some incredible people. I will have some wonderful guests coming on soon, including Temple Hayes herself. She's going to be a guest of mine, actually, April 17th. Do not forget that next week I am doing readings for people who call in, making connections with deceased loved ones and giving you psychic answers to any of the questions you may have that you can't answer for yourself. So please be sure to join me next week. I do believe the Michael Cohen hearings will be over by then and talk about forgiveness. Oh, my gosh. Um, so join me on the other side of the hour and let's continue this subject and conversation and how to get forgiveness working in your life, even though there is no such a thing. So I'll see you in just a couple of minutes. Thank you for joining us at Stop Stopping Yourself. I'm your host, Vincent Jen, and I'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Eric Butterworth, taken from the live lecture, A Course in Practical Metaphysics. Emily Cady, in her Lessons in Truth, makes a statement which I think we need to kind of think about a little bit. She says, God is not a being with qualities or attributes, but he is the good itself coming into expression as life, love, power, wisdom, etc. He is the good itself coming into expression as life, love, power, and wisdom. In other words, and this again is, is shattering to some of us, God is not loving. Ah, oh, God is a loving God. God is not loving. Because the moment we talk about God as loving, we've got the anthropomorphic Michelangelo like God sitting up in a crowd somewhere with his heart beaming out and saying, oh, I love you all down there, see you so dearly, as long as you're good. But I'm not going to love you very much if you don't go to church and so forth. God is not loving. God is love. To find out more about Eric Butterworth, visit unity.org. For over 23 years, Liz Dunn and the team at Celebrate Your Life have been presenting life-changing events with some of the world's leading spiritual teachers. Experience a Celebrate Your Life event for yourself in 2019. Tickets are available now for the International Women's Summit, March 7th to 10th in Phoenix, Arizona, featuring some of the most inspirational speakers in the realm of mind, body, and spirit. Do something for yourself this year. Go to CelebrateYourLife.com and reserve your space today. Daily Word has developed beautiful card decks to support your spiritual journey. One deck is about healing, another is about finding peace in troubled times. And the family cards are two decks, one for parents and one that can be colored on for children, so families can talk about spiritual principles together. The card decks are available from Unity. Go to unity.org, then click on Shop or call 1-800-24-UNITY Monday through Friday. Recovery from addiction can be a lonely experience. Get help and support with Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice, Reverend Dan Beckett, and Spirit of Recovery every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. Welcome to a place where spirituality and recovery meet. Each week, you'll hear stories and topics that are important to the recovery community. Tune in for some lively conversation and join in with your questions and comments. Nearly 21 million people struggle with addiction in America. Reach out and join us here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. Okay, you just all heard the number to call in. So if you're having problems with forgiving, forgiving anyone in your life, please call in. Let's share that. Let's talk about it. But in the meantime, I receive a lot of emails and uh, calls asking me, you know, how can I forgive my friend and or my family member? Um, 
For example, because of what's gone on in the United States in the past couple of years, we discovered that family members and friends that uh, we were close to and thought we knew all of a sudden were siding with concepts and values that we did not agree with. As a matter of fact, were very harmful and hurtful and shocking. And, um, for example, I mean, absolute specifics were about um, gays, for example, gay friends that, that I have and that I'm, you know, um, been in, in my life that had to experience family members and others coming out and supporting sides against gays and homosexuality. And that was very hurtful to them, my friends. And they would ask me, it was like, well, how do I forgive and let go of that? How do I forgive a family member who says they love me unconditionally and they're totally supporting policies against me rather than in support of me and it's like those are very hard questions to answer or african-american people that i know whose relatives and 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 also colleagues and and friends um reportedly came out with with comments and um beliefs that were bigoted, were obviously bigoted. You know, it's amazing how um, we think all of us, or most of us at least that don't acknowledge it outright, think we're not prejudiced, we're not bigoted against any of these. We don't have biases uh, against um, any particular minority or group. And yet... When push comes to shove, all of a sudden, these feelings surface that is completely opposing what you wind up saying. So you can even act like, you know, you have no ill regards towards African Americans, and then your son comes home with a black girlfriend and you're white, and all of a sudden, you go off, fly off the handle, and uh, don't want anything to do with that son anymore because he's dating a black girl. It's just like, but before that, you welcome blacks into your home, into your circle of friends. You would talk; it'd be wonderful. You know, that's how we come to understand. It's very funny because there is a black minister who said the only way to find out if you're prejudiced against anyone is to see your reaction if your child comes home or if your child tells you he or she is gay or um, that they are are um, in love with a Muslim and you're Christian or Jewish or they come home with a black person, your response will determine whether you are truly prejudiced or not. And I loved that. I loved that. So um, all these people were emailing me and calling me and asking me, so what do I do? How do I release from my heart my anger, my hurt? And so I would tell them all the same thing, which is what I'm about ready to tell you. Is first of all, 
Anything anybody says is not what hurts you. That's that's a psychological concept you have to understand. Okay? So in other words, we have thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And those thoughts, feelings, and behaviors form a triangle, and they're constantly affecting each other. However, a feeling or emotion does not and cannot occur without a thought or a behavior happening first. So, in other words, somebody can do something, but you are not going to respond and react to what they do based on them alone. You're going to respond and react based on your thought or behavior first. Your thought creates the feeling, which of course then creates the behavior, or your behavior creates a feeling, which then creates also a thought. That's where they all interact. But the thought or the behavior has to come first, not what the other person says or does. So, for example, if somebody turns around and says to you, you're an idiot, and you get mad because the person just called you an idiot, your response of anger is not coming from what the person says. Everything in your body, including your mind, is completely affected by you and only you. It's after that person calls you an idiot that you have a thought, your own thought, which then creates your feeling, which then may create another thought or a response. But it's your own thought that creates the feeling. And the thought can be so fleeting, so quick, you don't even hear it. So it could be something like this if we slowed everything down in slow motion. Person is upset by what you're doing and turns around and says, you're an idiot. It reaches your ears and before anything else happens, you have a process of an unconscious memory of when you were treated and called that very early on in your life that you began to believe that. And the next step in the process is for you to be saying to yourself, I am an idiot, or something like that. That creates an instantaneous negative self-feeling. That negative self-feeling needing to be protected by your brain because, again, the two highest functions of the human brain is to keep you alive and to protect you. And so in order to protect you from that self-denigrating pain, it brings forth one of your defenses of anger. 
anger towards the person who initiated the response. So now you feel anger towards the person who called you an idiot. That was a defense mechanism based on what you said about yourself first. Now speed up the action. Person calls you an idiot. You immediately feel angry. You respond back to that person. Well, you're a jerk or whatever. You punch him in the face. It doesn't matter. But your response back to that person has nothing to do with what the person said truly. It has to do with what you said afterwards, what that person said. And since when we are younger, we are egocentric, which means that's not a negative word. It's a technical word. It's a technical word. It's the idea of our minds being underdeveloped, do not understand the concepts of space, time, and others, and our placement in that. We see the world as happening because of us and due to us. So we take on blame. Okay? We think everything is caused because of us. So, of course, the obvious part, and I've said this to you before, those who have listened, when your parent yells at you as a child, of course you blame yourself. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe mommy and daddy are mad at me. Your parent yells at your sibling. Oh, you get upset with yourself. It's my fault that he's getting yelled at, that she's getting yelled at. The parent yells at your pet. Oh, it's my fault. I didn't walk the dog and whatever, and it's my fault. The parents yell at each other. It's my fault that mommy and daddy are yelling at each other. Um, it's probably about me and something I did. Um, if a parent gets sick, we blame ourselves. If a parent dies, we blame ourselves. You get the, they get divorced, we blame ourselves. You hear it all the time. You hear that child coming up to mom who may be sitting there depressed, right? And because she had a fight with your father or, your, or reverse, your father is sitting there depressed, had a fight with your mother. And the child goes up to the parent and says, mommy, daddy, is it something I did? Did I make you angry? Because that egocentricity causes us to relate everything to ourselves. Um, and then, of course, when we blame ourselves, the next step to that is we have to resolve the blame and the conflict within us feeling that negative feeling. And the only answer the mind can come up with is it must be because I'm unlovable. I'm not lovable because everything comes down to love. We define ourselves based on love. We define our relationships with each other based on love and different levels of love. It doesn't make a difference. It's all about love, right? But that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about the blame, the self-blame. It's my fault, okay? And this carries through our adult lives. I don't care what anybody says, but people blame themselves all the time. But the adult defense mechanisms, as I have told you about and have written about and have lectured about, those adult defense mechanisms, rationalization, intellectualization, projection, um, regression, suppression, um, all of that, 
denial, sublimination, all of those defense mechanisms allow us to cover and protect those self-hurts and, and loathing and criticisms because they're so painful to think I caused the loss of my job. I caused um, my partner having an affair or breaking up with me. I caused the death of my son and my daughter. It's guilt. It's guilt. And, and again, even more scientific evidence, if you need this, research has shown that women that are involved in domestic violent partnerships the majority of them came from um, fathers who were physically and emotionally abusive. And so as a child, that female developed the belief that number one, um, I deserve this. And number two, it's my fault then. My fault. I deserve this. Is the, this is an expression of love that only I can receive. And that energy and beliefs winds up unconsciously attracting abusers in her life. And when we go to work with these women and try to remove them from those situations, one of the first blocks that as a social worker or a therapist we come up against is trying to convince the woman that the abuser it wasn't her fault as to why she was abused that it was the abuser's fault he was out of control he had his own issues but that is the hardest thing to break within a person is that concept that it is not your fault okay not everything is your fault yes on a spiritual level, we manifest everything. But I'm talking about psychologically right now. Psychologically, we go to the place of self-blame. And we've done that from early on in our lives all the way to who we are today. Right? Those maladaptive beliefs that we harbor inside of us that I'm not good enough I'm not smart enough, I'm not worthy enough. All of those beliefs, right, is all self-blame, okay? So if you don't get the promotion, it's because I'm, I'm not good enough. And you believe that deep down inside. And you, you're, you're, you don't have a lover, you don't have your knight in shining armor or your princess. You believe because I'm not lovable, we discussed this. Okay, so what does that then have to do with forgiveness? It's easy. It's very easy. If, in fact, you are blaming yourself for all the improprieties, for all the hurt that someone else caused you, then it is not another you have to forgive or try to forgive. That is the reason why forgiveness doesn't work. It doesn't release anything. Because you're letting go of the wrong thing. When someone hurts you, it is yourself that you blame. It is not the other person's act. It's not the other person's words. 
It's your own self that you blame. It's your own self that you blame if something happens to your child. It's your own self you blame when something happens in your marriage. It's your own self you blame when family members don't get along, when co-workers don't get along. You, you constantly and always unconsciously and sometimes consciously will blame yourself. Therefore, it's yourself that you need to forgive. It's yourself and the ideas that you have about yourself that you need to let go and forgive. Even in that murder trial, okay, when you see the other person put to death because he killed your son, your daughter, your friend, your wife, your partner, it doesn't make a difference. And it does not cause any any comfort at all in the slightest of course losing a loved one it, it's very difficult to have comfort over that and especially traumatically losing a loved one it's very difficult to have any comfort but you know what i'm talking about any sense of ease any sense of justice all of those feelings that are supposed to make you feel good that justice was served or values were were served and stood up for None of those work. None of those feelings work because you are blaming yourself for what has occurred. So it makes no difference if the other person is punished. You're still blaming yourself. And you don't consciously know that. However, from my own experience, I said I never had to worry about forgiving others <laughs> Primarily because I was very conscious about blaming myself. It must be me. Um, I'm not lovable, which is, I mean, when you get abused in school and out in public, as much as you're getting abused at home and your parents abuse you, there is no support in your favor and behalf and no excuse on your behalf to say that it's anybody else. Well, if my parents don't love me and if the kids in school don't love me, it's got to be me. I mean, when you don't find anybody in the world except maybe a nice person um, who's, who's willing to be kind to you, but those people are, are just nice people anyway. There were plenty of kind adults in my life who I guess now in hindsight saw who I really was right and who acted lovingly towards me but that never fed me that never made me feel any better because my own parents and my own peers seemed to hate me so it wasn't them i ever had to forgive it was myself a matter of fact when i started dating my wife eileen she has a we, we both have um memory trunks where we put our mementos of our lives in, which, you know, when we're gone, our kids are going to go through that and say, what the hell is this that my father and my mother saved here? Let's just get rid of it. They're going to get rid of the whole trunk. You know, what's a memory to us is not a memory to our children. And one day we went through them and card after card after card through our beginning five years of our dating were cards from me apologizing to her for whatever action, whatever reason she got upset with me about. And I was an insecure person, obviously. 
um, from my past. When Eileen started to uh, date me, I was even insecure. I was just like, why is she dating me? Um, but thank God she came from another school, so she didn't know all the stuff that was going on. But, I mean, there's even a card of a cartoon man with his leg turning up in the air and his foot in his mouth. That's the type of feelings I had about myself. So I knew, I knew it wasn't anybody else that I had to forgive. It was me. They were picking on me because of me. They disliked me because of me. And as I remembered that concept through my 36 years of metaphysics and psychology and spirituality research and studies, this is how I come to understand and know it is not another person that we can forgive that is going to relieve us us of any ill feelings of or allow us to continue to evolve and move forward it's the releasing of anger and resentment of ourselves and forgiving ourselves we have a caller i believe right now no um no no not okay nope i'm sorry no that was not um that was for something else sorry but but it is Something we need to truly understand. So, yes, I know. It seems so obvious that, well, my father beat the, the crap out of me. My mother beat the crap out of me. Why wouldn't I need to forgive them then? Because they hurt me. Well, if you're blaming yourself, as children do, then you're saying, it's me. I'm the one who caused it to act that way. It's not mom. It's not dad. They're okay. They're good people. It's me that's bad. Otherwise, they wouldn't be beating me right? They wouldn't be hurting me like that. My boss wouldn't be treating me the way he's treating me if I was smarter, if I was a better worker. These are all the unconscious things that go on and that 95 to 98% of your mind is that is in unconscious awareness. So forgiveness is about forgiveness of self. It's yourself you need to forgive more more than any anything else and anyone else. And when you do I forgave myself. I try very hard to let go of that. Yes, is there a remnants of that, that every so often little Vincent doesn't pop his head up and say you're not good enough? Yes, he's in there. But the one thing is, is I harbor no ills towards anyone, including and most of all myself. And that's what has allowed me to grow emotionally and develop my abilities and my intuition even more so because that channel that I've talked about, it lies within your heart. And when you can release any of the negativity you have of yourself, your channel is going to open up and it's just going to automatically connect you to the higher self because then you get validation. And the moment I forgave myself, all I heard is, I told you so. What do you think? I create nonsense. You know, and that was like God, you know, telling me that he created something great and wonderful and that it's only my lack of believing that that gets in the way of anything. And so forgiveness Remember that no matter how angry and I want you all I challenge every single one of you this week I challenge you to think possibly of the people you cannot forgive or think you cannot forgive and the reason why now when you're focusing on the reason why I don't want you focusing on the act or the words that were 
committed that caused you anger, no matter what it is. Your, your father died and left all of his money to your sister. Anything, no matter what it is, don't focus on the actual act. Focus on the feeling. How did it make you feel when that occurred? What button did it push deep down inside of you? And I challenge you to go deep within your own psyche. You're the one who can do that. Yes, I can do that psychically for you, but you're the only one who can go deep inside your own feelings, bypass your defense mechanisms, and truly come up with self-feelings, not feelings about him, not feelings about others, but what do you really feel? feel about yourself because of that. And I can assure you that in that particular example, there you will be harboring feelings of what's wrong with me? Why am I not good enough for my father to love? And again, you're going to be left with self feelings. When the common denominator to all hurt is about self and what you've done, then you know that forgiveness and letting go has nothing to do with what others have done and the circumstance. It has to do with what you feel about yourself and the lack of love you have. Thank you for joining me today. Come back next week when I am going to be giving psychic messages. Please share my site and this radio show with all your friends who can benefit from it. And I will see you next week. And I hope you have an incredible week of self-love and self-forgiveness. And come on back to the Stop Stopping Your Show. And let's get your life moving in the direction you want. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.